I'm Joel Norman, and the postseason gets off to a great start for the Apple Sox. A 12-1 win against the Kamloops Northpaws at Norbrock Stadium on the road. What actually scored first, scored early and often. Three runs in the top of the third, three in the top of the fifth, five in the sixth, one more in the seventh, and dominant pitching helps the Apple Sox in this one. Connor Ashworth started, and he set the tone for this ball game. Five stellar innings, five hitless innings, in fact, before allowing a pair of singles in the top of the sixth. It was easily his longest and best outing of the summer. Here comes the 2-2 to Ashworth. The breaking ball, swing and a miss for strike three. Second punch out of the ball game for Ashworth and two away here in the bottom of the second inning. The 3-2 from Ashworth. Breaking ball on the inside edge for called strike three. Punch out number three of the evening for Ashworth and one away here in the fourth. He's looking for punch out number four. The righty deals, the one-two, wave and a miss for strike three. Down goes State to open up the fifth inning. Now Ashworth did allow a couple of singles to start the sixth and was pulled, but all Brooks Rasmussen did was come on and toss the final four innings. He only allowed two men to reach base, including striking out the side in the sixth inning. Two strikeouts, gonna get another, he will! Brooks Rasmussen, strike three looking, three punch outs with three batters faced in the inning. Swinging a drive out to center. Long run back for Fossil. He settles on the warning track. He makes the grab, and that does it for game number one. A four-inning save for Brooks Rasmussen. Five stellar innings from Connor Ashworth, and the best offense in the West Coast League explodes in game one with a 12-1 victory against the Kamloops Northpaws. And the Apple Sox are able to pick up the win thanks to that great pitching performance and what an effort at the plate as well. Wodanchi was struggling a little bit with Sean Hepner in the first couple of innings, but broke free in the third inning. The Apple Sox would send eight men to the plate and score a boatload. Three runs at a time felt like a huge amount considering how the game had started, but a great effort to get things going that inning. A big hit of that frame, a two-out RBI single by C.J. Horn. But the Sox have a chance to make him pay. First pitch to Fossil, almost gets him. Voltaggio is off and running, play at the plate on the wild pitch, and it cannot be handled. In to score comes Voltaggio, one to nothing, Wenatchee on the first pitch of the at-bat to Fossil as the Apple Sox strike first here in the top of the third inning. Here's the 0-1, swung on and hit to the left side, into left field for a base hit. Here comes Joey Tro, he scores easily. Orohudos right behind him. He will also slide in safely. A two RBI single with the bases loaded for C.J. Horn. Makes it three to nothing Wenatchee here in the third inning. In the fifth inning, another three spot for Wenatchee and a couple of different ways. A wild pitch scored one run after Adam Fossil's RBI single and then a bases loaded walk would score the final run of that frame. Wenatchee's offense erupted in the sixth. Five runs on five hits going through a couple different pitchers in that one, and from there would go into cruise control. The Sox would get one more in the seventh, another RBI from Adam Fossil, his second of the ball game, and that would be enough for Wadanchi going on to win 12-1. He deals, and it's popped up, shallow right field, long run, and no one's going to be able to get to it. Oyama scores, it's another RBI single for Adam Fossil. The Apple Sox pick up a 12-1 victory against the Kamloops Northpaws. I'm Joel Norman. We're joined by Connor Ashworth, tonight's starting pitcher, who had a brilliant effort on the mound, his longest outing in the summer, and I would say your best, Connor, but you also struck out eight consecutive hitters at one point earlier this year. But regardless, you were fantastic tonight, your longest outing of the summer, tossing a total of five innings, one run allowed on two 
two hits, two walks, four strikeouts. You took a no-hitter into the sixth inning. First things first, had you ever gone that long into a ball game without allowing any base hits, or had you thrown a no-hitter before? Um, yeah, I've actually thrown a couple, um, but yeah, I have before, actually. <laughs> okay, so you had. So, so what was that like in this situation, though? It's a playoff atmosphere. The crowd's rocking and rolling. You haven't allowed any hits going into the sixth. How were you staying calm out on the mound despite how loud it was tonight? Um, honestly, the loudness kind of helped me out a little bit. I kind of just thrive in situations like that, and they were kind of turning me up out there. You've played in some big games already to this point. You're you know, midway through your college career. Played a lot of big games at Brewster, both in baseball and basketball. So in a way, are you kind of used to atmospheres like that? Is that why you think it was to your advantage? Yeah, I definitely prefer playing in atmospheres like that. It just like a comfortable factor that I just enjoy. Through the first five innings, you had only allowed three base runners. Your biggest spot was in the third inning, a walk and then an error on a hot shot to third, allowing the first two hitters to reach. What did you do to buckle down after that? Um, just knew I was hitting my spots and knew I had a good defense behind me and they were going to make plays for me, and that's exactly what happened. And it happened again in the fifth inning. You uh, struck out the first hitter before a wa- uh, one-out walk, but then induced an inning-ending double play. How fired up were you after that one? Uh, yeah, it was, it was, pretty, it was pretty sweet. <laughs> That was a huge moment. At that yeah. point, did you kind of figure, okay, I've got something going? Yeah, I just knew we had a lot of momentum after that play and knew it was going to keep going well for us. How nice was it to have the bats cooking like they were tonight behind you to let you go out there and get a little time to breathe? Yeah, it's always nice when offense is scoring like that. How much are you going to enjoy the next two days from the bench watching after your effort tonight? Uh, it's going to be fun. Be cheering hard. <laughs> well, thank you, Connor, for joining us. That was uh, Connor Ashworth after tossing five innings tonight. He allowed one run on two hits. Two walks and struck out four. Now we're joined by the Apple Sox catcher, C.J. Horn. After a brilliant night for him, he played it three runs, picked up three hits in this one. And, C.J., another great night from you. Uh, I, I thought the difference in this ball game came down to a couple things, the starting pitching and the three, four hitters. You and Adam Fossil, three hits apiece. You guys combined to go six for eight at the plate. Meanwhile, for the North Paws, they for 0 for 8 at the plate. That's the difference in the ball game. What was the key for you guys in this one at the, at the plate, especially you driving in three runs? Honestly, just uh, not missing our pitch. I mean, Foss, Foss three hits uh, out of the three spot, and coming in behind him getting three hits as well, that's kind of hard to beat, especially with runners on and uh, being able to play them and getting runs in early kind of deflates the team. You had a big part in this game, catching, batting fourth, doing everything. You drove in three. You helped Connor Ashworth and Brooks Rasmussen. Connor's a man of few words. Talk to me about what our starting pitcher did tonight. Oh, man. Connor, Connor's been battling some injuries all summer. That, right there, he just came in and competed. He hit his spots. Uh, didn't let anything phase him. He kind of worked with me and kind of just told him, just throw it at me, man. <laughs> That's your best chance right there. And he trusted his stuff and competed. And when you compete like that and you don't walk and you uh, limit free bags, you give yourself a chance. So This was a loud crowd tonight. This is playoff baseball here. What effect did that have for you guys? It felt like you just fed off of it. Oh, we love it. Yeah, especially playing here last time. We all uh, we all enjoy playing here, especially with the crowd going against us. It kind of fires us up. So uh, I know personally for me, first A.B., I struck out being the liquor hitter. You were. Not not like at home either. That was not bad. like at home. This bad time. liquor hitter. And uh, that kind of fired me up right there. Got three hits my next four or my next three A.B. So. Yeah, you really run on a roll after that. Also had the hit by pigeon there. Um, just a great night from you overall, C.J. Now, how much is it going to mean to come back home tomorrow and play in front of a crowd that's going to be cheering you guys on? And, hey, maybe. Fingers crossed, maybe you will be the liquor hitter for a good reason tomorrow night. <laughs> it's big time. It's always nice to clinch at home or being able to clinch at home. So we need to come out, uh, fire right away, pretty much what we did today, get the big inning early, and 
throw strikes, compete, and uh, good things will happen. No batting practice today. Are you guys going to take BP tomorrow? I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Felt like you were having batting practice during the game for the most of the time. Oh, man. Uh, Seven-hour bus ride, getting off the bus, having to catch and hit. Never fun. It's You're in total com compete mode. So hopefully tomorrow we get back in our routine. Awesome. Well, CJ, thanks for joining us. And let's go get him tomorrow. Yes, sir. I'm Joel Norman, and we're joined by the head coach of the Wenatchee Apple Sox, Mitch Darlington. Mitch, uh, the lesson I've learned from this summer with the Apple Sox is if you want them to win a big game, make it a travel day where they've had a long bus ride. Uh, they get partial or no batting practice. So is that the recipe for the rest of the season from this point on? Man, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's just every time, every time our backs are against the wall or adversity happens, whether it be with travel or whatever it may be, it's just this team, this team is special. They just, they just find a way to answer the call and, um, I mean, I'll be honest, like we were talking before I got on here, I, I didn't see this coming. I did not see uh, 12 runs from our lineup uh, and, and just a dominant pitching performance by our guys. This this was a complete game. Connor Ashworth, a season-high five innings. I said it to him. I'd say this was your best effort, but he also struck out eight hitters in a row at one point this year. Mm -hmm. But either way, this was his most important outing of the summer. Brooks Rasmussen, the hidden gem out of the bullpen. We didn't know that the Apple Sox would have this summer. How huge was it to only use two pitchers in a week where you know it's pretty much cutthroat the rest of the way if you go to the big dance. Yeah, yeah, I don't I wouldn't even say it was two pitchers. I mean, Brooks Rasmussen's kind of our starting right fielder and he just uh he's a guy that works quick and throws strikes and so um man, we we got that lead and thought, "Hey, if we can conserve our bullpen, especially knowing this is the final week of the season and we're going to need these guys, you know, who's going to come in and fill it up?" And um me and Marcus both kind of agreed. I think Brooks Rasmussen was the move there. He works quick, throws strikes and that's exactly what we needed. He tossed 57 pitches, 37 of them were strikes, as you mentioned, including Jeez. seven strikeouts in that time. I thought that was such a key for the Sox, not just him, Ashworth, too. There was a lot of first-pitch strikes. You start them out early. There's a lot of big bats on this Northpaws team, and as a lot of home run hitters do, they tend to take a pitch or two. How important was that starting out with first-pitch strikes? Huge, huge. Um, and that, that kind of was in their decision with going with Ashworth. Um, we had a few different options on who we could start, and um, we just kind of figured, you know, Connor's the guy. He's not no no moments too big for that kid. He uh he, he's not scared of anything. He's gonna go out. He's gonna compete. He's gonna give you whatever you got. Um, and that's what he did. Uh, came out there, filled it up, uh, gave us five solid innings. Um, which for him, you know, we've slowly been ramping him back up. For our fans that don't know, he was kind of uh, having some arm issues middle of the summer, um, and then this late later in uh, July, he's slowly been kind of ramping back up. Uh, 10 or so pitches at a time and uh, built up to this moment. This will probably be his last outing of the summer, and what a way to go out for him, man. A great way to do it on the road as well, and potentially another big uh, Brewster right-hander coming up tomorrow. Quincy Vassar is going to toss. Uh, I thought about it midway through Ashworth's outing as the lead continued to grow. You talked about it a lot before the season. You wanted to have the local talent not just on this team but also thriving on this team. Mm -hmm. How cool is that to potentially, again, we're jumping ahead a little bit, but to have two big arms in your first two postseason games tossing on the mound for you? Yeah. You know, like I said from the beginning of the season, it just it just means a little more to a local guy uh, wearing an Apple Sox uniform. Um, I know what it means to me being able to coach this team, being able to get them back in the postseason. Um and so I know I know it's going to mean a lot to Quincy Vassar tomorrow to get the ball in front of our home fans, um, and I know I know how much it meant tonight for Connor Ashworth to get a to get our first playoff start right here going in 2022. And so 
Uh, I, I even talked to him after his outing. I said, I'll never forget this outing from you, man. I, you know, we're going to be see. I'm probably going to be seeing him 10, 15 years down the road someday, and we're still going to be talking about his outing at Kamloops. Uh, what a what a, what a performance! A raucous crowd, and he just delivered. I'm I'm curious if you have an idea of how many fans there were at tonight's game. I honestly, I'm not sure, but it, I'll tell you right now, it felt loud. This place was packed out, and uh, after after every big moment, it it, it was it was rocking. Yeah, 1,180 is the number they listed. Probably wow. sounded like even more than that at times. Oh, and yeah. credit due to them, you know, their expansion, seat, their first year making the postseason, bringing a little energy. But, of course, the Apple Sonics winning this one 12 to 1. Mitch, you guys jumped out fairly early against Sean Hepner, a guy who you had not seen this season. Hepner was pretty good the first two innings. You jumped on him in the third. What did you notice was the key for that three run inning? Just, just grinding at bats, just doing what we've done all season. Um, with good arms like that, nothing comes easy. You're not going to have those giant innings where you have an eight spot. Um, you you got to earn every at bat. And uh, we, we, I think it, I can't remember if we got it all done with two outs, but we had a ton of just two out grinded at bats, found a way to get on base, made him work, got that pitch count up. Because um, he's he's a really good arm, runs it up to 92, good breaking ball, and he was putting stuff on spots. So um, nothing came easy. Nothing came easy with that guy. That was a lot of two out offense. Nino Voltaggio reached on a walk, stole two banks, and then after that, after the second out was recorded, four straight guys reached base. Patience at the plate with the free passes sure seemed like a big thing um, early on in this one. You guys drew seven walks, and I think the free passes are a big reason why this was the league's most productive offense this season. You broke mm-hmm. franchise records for walks, runs scored, led the West Coast League and runs scored. You guys aren't going to be a flashy team who's going to score 15 runs and does it with four or five home runs. It's kind of mm-hmm. grinding out at bats like tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that That's just kind of been our MO all year, team team friendly at bats. That's what we're all about. Um, we don't we don't have anyone selfish in this lineup right now. We're down to just a bunch of guys that are willing to go out there and sacrifice for each other. And and uh, if they got to get a bunt down, they get a bunt down. If they got to put a ball and play to short and score a run, they do it. Um, just just zero selfishness on this team, and 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 it's starting to show. We're just we're just grinding through at bats. How fired up are you to play tomorrow night back at home? in front of a packed house of Paul Thomas Senior Stadium with a chance to advance to the West Coast League's North Division Championship game. I uh, I need about 10 hours of sleep tonight at the hotel, and then uh, I'm going to be pretty fired up to get in front of those fans at Paul Thomas, I'll tell you that. That's going to be a ton of fun. Mitch, thanks for joining us. Let's do this again tomorrow night after a win. Let's do it. That'll do it for this edition of the Apple Sox podcast. We will see you at Paul Thomas Senior Stadium on Wednesday and, if necessary, Thursday nights, both nights at 6.35 p.m. Tickets for those games can be purchased now at saferseating.com. I'm Joel Norman, and this is the Apple Sox Podcast.